Welcome to the RC Podcast Aussie Style, where co-hosts Aaron Bones Carl, Tyson Dodd, and Daniel Wheeler bring you the latest news, event reviews, and good old-fashioned yarns from down under. With their unique perspectives and a touch of Aussie humor, you're guaranteed to be entertained and informed. Whether you're an Aussie local or just a fan of the culture, this podcast has something for everyone. So grab a cold one and join the trio as they navigate the exciting world of RC Aussie style. Welcome everyone to the first episode of the RC Podcast, Aussie Style, with your hosts, Aaron Bones, Gal, Tyson Dodd, and myself, Daniel Wheeler. So, how are we, boys? Number one. Great. Splendid. How you doing, Dan? I'm always good. You know that, mate. Uh, you're stirring the pot with one hand. So, I guess we should give everyone a bit of a... Stirring thing. the pot with one hand, or pulling the pin on the grenades. Giant. Guess we should give everyone uh, the rundown on how we came about this before we really kick off, eh? That'd be helpful. It's a, it's probably a bit of a yarn, but uh, <laughs> so we all spent uh, Christmas together and uh, up at Tin Can, and uh, Dodsy bought Tin Can Bay's uh, mower, and he took me for a ten-hour drive that turned into a twelve-hour drive due to accidents and traffic and flat tires what we got there oh yeah i forgot about the flat tire and then um on the way back you know we got just past the sunny coast and ran out of things to talk about <laughs> so we ended up um putting a podcast on and then i looked at him and gone, hey we should do this and you you thought it was a great idea didn't you perfect perfect platform to have a and, bit of a yarn and what was your idea about Aussie style? <laughs> Got to be done drinking. <laughs> so the, the only problem with this was uh, the third member of the squad, Bones, was off in Namia with the uh, fiance enjoying pina coladas in the That's pool. Sad. So we had to wait till he got back. <laughs> but um, apart from having some good yarns, we're going to talk about, you know, some events and some good things that we see and happen at events for us. Yeah, exactly, Dan. Um, you know, I think it's pretty important for, for, especially in the hobby, not only to have a bit of fun, but also to be able to share what's going on, whether that's, like you said, events or, um, you know, new build techniques or something interesting that comes up or events that are happening around the world. You know, we're, we're pretty fortunate because we've got a bit of a jet setter as part of the crew here. Um, yeah, I know. We're talking about you, of course. <laughs> don't think so, buddy. <laughs> I don't have a family rate on the bloody, on the frequent flies with Qantas. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's always helpful. Yep. So, so on that, what, uh, what have you been up to this year, Bones? It's been a bit of a, uh, action-packed start of the year for yourself. You want to uh, fill us in what's been going on? Yeah, so it's, um, well, where are we at? We're at the 22nd of February, so we're already almost two months through it. It's, um, so it started off, obviously, I came back from New Mir and I, and I get you guys all excited, ringing me up saying, right, let's do a podcast. Yeah, right, what, what, what's the worst thing that can happen, I suppose, out of all of this? So anyway, uh, look at me, boys. Obviously, as a few people know, uh, for me, with my background, predominantly do the IMAC and the F3A. So this year's uh, four years since the last F3A World Championships that was held in Italy. Uh, it's being held in Australia this year, so unfortunately enough, it's literally only about an hour and a bit up the road for me. So, um, so yeah, this year is pretty much about getting ready for uh, the world. So first up trip for me this year was... Uh, they uh, had a one-day competition down in Pian Darks in Victoria. And um, it was very, very last-minute decision. And the one-day competition of all days was held on a Thursday. And as all most of us are modelers on average, because we used to events on weekends, so then 
Who on earth would run an event on a Thursday of all days? So anyway, um, they ended up having a pretty good turnout because the, the, the demographic age of F3A in Victoria is predominantly older guys and they're mainly retired. They, um, they ended up having about 17 pilots there, which was brilliant. Plus also, they had it on school holidays, so they had a few kids there flying. And um, also, some of the guys there do shift work, so they were able to attend. Anyway, it was a bit of a last-minute decision. I decided to go down on the Wednesday at lunchtime. Oh, yeah, right, I'll just pack my plane up in a box and away I go down to Melbourne. So, made some calls, was able to fit in all the competition, and that afternoon went home, put the plane straight in the uh, in the box, uh, left home at quarter past three in the morning. The old man's all grumpy at me because I dragged into the airport to drop me off. And sure enough, check it all in, go through the whole thing. And, um, oh, look, we've lost Tyson. Oh, Dotty's gone early. We've we got to start. We, we know this. So, we, Dan, explain the rule when one of us drops out. So when someone drops out, we're allowed to talk shit about the person and about an incident they don't want people to really know about. So, Tim Cambay. Oh, he's almost Tyson no rolls quick. up. He's always so he rolls up with his broccoli box of a jet he got from America. And uh, were you there for this, Bones, or did you just hear about it? Oh no, I heard about it about half a dozen times from Mac. So. He's there, he's trying to get the turbine going, and he finally gets the turbine going, and then he's gone right oh, on. Oh, you bitches are telling stories about high me. High speed. Just because I dropped out. Of course, you taxi did. I did make that real. That's it. That's it. I'm relocating closer to the Wi-Fi. I can't take the, can't so, take the, the risk. <laughs> so as he's doing this high speed taxi test, he backs off the throttle, the nose wheel uncompresses, the model launches in the air. He shut the turbine, he's gone back to idle, so he can't really just open the throttle and it goes. It's stalled, rolled on its back, broccoli box no more. How'd that feel, You guys are bitches. I can't believe you did I remember that. the first time I tried taxi an aeroplane. <sighs> Yeah, I remember my first taxi test. Yeah, my old man, I was about four, he wouldn't let me put the wing on the aeroplane and I was there from having a little boomerang inside the trainer and it larks and I'd be full throttle up and down the runway, just a million miles an hour, no wing on it. Oh, this means game. This, this means game. This... Don't put your wings on when you're doing taxiing. Don't worry, this means game on. Oh, it's an L39, the wheels are in the wings, come on. Get with the program, you lot. Sounds like <laughs> Anyway, so where we're at, Melbourne trip. So next one, jumped on the plane, got down to Melbourne, took the, the, uh, the transmitter and batteries all on board, and as you guys know when it comes to travelling, transmitters and batteries, what an absolute nightmare. So anyway, we finally got through all of that there. They mainly ask about the size of your life batteries. Got through all that. Straight to the, uh, get, get off the plane, in, grab the rental car, straight to the uh, flying field. Literally, as I arrived there, they were just starting the class of uh, the master's class, but they're not called master's now. It's called, I think it's F3A PNF. Anyway, um, plane out of the box, set it up. Literally, as I finished putting it together, carried straight to the runway, straight into my first flight. So I uh, smashed out three flights. Finished the last flight, brought it straight back, pulled it apart, put it in the box, <laughs> hour and a half back to the airport, straight on the plane, back home to Brisbane, back in bed at 11 o'clock at night. Like nothing had ever happened. That's the way to do it. So, so from that hectic day, yeah. what was the standout in that Victorian comp for you? Because we, when we go to competitions, the, the other thing about this podcast is, is you go to competitions or events in the background, there's always standout things that happen that you never hear about, funny stuff. And, and what was a standout for you in that one day? Oh, look, standout would have to be there was a, uh, I met a junior that uh, Uncle Norm Morris has been teaching. So uh, his name's Seth. I've forgotten his last name. He's about 12 years of age. And he only just started getting into F3 about two or three months ago. So he's there flying the sportsman sequence. And to those who don't know, 
the F3A sportsman sequence, unlike IMAC, it's all about the centre box manoeuvres. I think there's like a couple of implements um, at each end. However, it's all predominantly centre manoeuvres. And in the... Sorry, just on that. Yeah? If you want to know the sportsman routine, you could probably ask the old sandbagger down here, Tyson. He uh, he knows all about this, the routine. Yeah, well, he's finally being kicked out of the class now. Got his promo points. Off you go to advance, buddy. I had a look at the event schedule. It looks like the sportsman schedule just the other way around. Or am I? Or oh, sorry. Oh, I had the, I had it upside down. That's what my issue was. I couldn't work out the spaghetti diagrams. <laughs> oh god. So anyway, yeah, this kid um, Seth, that he would have been the highlight. So one of the maneuvers is a slow roll, and people do like standard speed rolls or slightly a little bit slower. However, this kid was doing slow rolls the full length of the runway, like every single time perfect straight like he was flying it on a string it was amazing to sit back and watch and you go this kid's the future it's um yeah that that to me was mainly the standout of the whole uh that whole event was uh junior that's really good because you don't often see that many juniors nowadays in competitions no. um we're lucky enough to to have our sons, me and Tyson, our sons coming through. Um, but apart from outside of that, you often don't see too many. A couple in IMAC, but that's really about it. Yeah, exactly. So after uh, after that big week, uh, that big day, you then you then ventured back down to Melbourne. Yeah, I think it was about so a the week. The infamous. I think it was about a week and a half. There, there was an weeks later. Yeah, and there was an infamous incident in there, so we'll probably say that because that was my highlight from the event. Oh, yeah, right, I think. Oh, you're talking about <laughs> the, uh, the combined uh, stripper pole that we call it. Yeah. So uh, so first, we'll have to start from the start. So you decided to go do IMAC in uh, in Melbourne? Yep, decided to go down, fly an IMAC comp down to Melbourne. However, I was picking up... Uh, a uh, model that used to belong to Ido Segev. Some some people might know him. He was uh, probably, well, for me, he was one of my idols growing up through um, through the aerobatic scene. Um, amazing pilot, um, just a, a gentle gentleman, pretty much. <laughs> um, sadly, we lost Ido a couple of years ago at a fatal midair down in um, in Victoria. I can't remember exactly what suburb. Um, but yeah, it was pretty sad. Anyway, I ended up picking up his competition, uh, Krill three meter super that he flew, uh, back in Israel and also won the European, uh, extreme flight championships back in 2011. So, um, I was mainly going down there to pick that model up and bring it back and just happened to be that, uh, I fitted in with an IMAC competition. So, uh, yeah, so that was part of the reason going down there. So. Dan, do you want to go into talking a bit about what actually uh, the little little uh, incident that you, I suppose, oh, I'll just go into it. Anyway, so we're having the competition. You dive in, man. I'll dive straight in, yeah. So uh, we're having the competition on the Saturday afternoon. Um, uh, we've got Riley Sills from Victoria, another top pilot. I'm sure we'll drag him on the podcast eventually here. Um uh, they asked for Riley and I to go up and do a bit of a demo together and just do a bit of 3D like what most other people do, a bit of, bit of synchronised flying. So anyway, we're about two, three minutes into it and I've got this one manoeuvre that I call the stripper pole. Now, that wasn't originally my name. I was given told that name by uh, a mate of mine, Kevin Young, his wife, Sarah. Um, over in the US, she saw it. So it's what everyone knows it as. It's a knife edge spin. So literally, the plane is side on. I need. I need a stick plane here. Anyway, <laughs> the plane's literally side on and it's spinning around, coming down on its side. Looks pretty cool. So anyway, going up there, and I said to Riley, right, let's fly on up together, and we'll push on over, and we'll go into a couple of stripper poles together. And uh. So anyway, sure enough, we've gone over and, and it was blowing a gale all day. Like it was blowing up, gusts up to 40, 50k an hour. 
and we've gone over and somehow my plane ended up inside his aeroplane and his plane ended up inside my plane. Uh, we... So they were trying to mate, is what you're saying? Pardon? They were trying to mate on the stripper pole. Yeah, kind of something like that. So anyway, we, we've gone over on it and uh, somehow his motor went through my wing and my elevator in the back end of the fuse. Oh, and the rudder. And my prop ended up going through, I think it was his rudder in the back end. So anyway, but because he did most of the chewing, his engine stopped. So his plane literally, he was able to just kind of hold it together and then it... Um, he got it back on the ground safely other than like it nosed over on the long grass, but there was no damage to the front end. Um, I've come out and with all my years of practice playing on the sim, growing up as a kid, I used to do my parents' head in because I would uh, have the simulator all set up in the main lounge room. It was the old Realfly, um, no, not Realfly, Aerofly Pro Deluxe. Anyway, I'd come in on the sim and I'd take out a wing on an object and I'd learn to come around and land with one wing. So I've done a few one-wing landings over my years. Not something to be overly proud of, but then again, to be proud of the success rate of about uh, now four out of five times, I don't think it's too bad. So anyway, I've um, seen the wing come off. I've gone, oh, shit, right, I time to do the usual one-wing landing. So I'm at Flick at tie rates, and I'm at full rudder, and I'm putting the power on, and the plane's just dropping and slowly coming around. Then, what's going on here? A little bit away. I'm thinking, what? Why have I got no, no rudder authority? It wasn't until I came around that I only had about two inches of rudder itself. <laughs> so, anyway, I'm coming around. So, obviously, the knife edge isn't working overly well, so I'm having to. Because normally you'd hold the rudder to hold it up. So instead, I'm aileron off the wing that I currently have to hold the fuse level. But by doing that, I'm losing height. So I'm then adding the elevator. But the problem was my prop went through the el uh, Riley's prop went through my elevator and fuse. So my elevators are rocking side to side. So which is making the plane roll. So I'm then moving my ailerons to correct that. So the plane's bouncing up and down and rolling around the place. Um, and I didn't, didn't realise that my elevators were rocking side to side until I was on final. And I'm like, oh. And Riley just said to me, he, he saw it, he's like, yep, well, good luck, mate. And, uh, and sure enough, I was able to pull that one out my backside and get the plane on the ground with the engine still running. I don't know. I don't know, Dan. What, what do you, what do you, Dan, don't yeah. you think he's, he's making it sound all a bit too difficult? I reckon that'd be a piece of cake. <laughs> <laughs> After having you hand launch a plane, yeah, oh, no drama. Potato, yeah. <laughs> potato. Like, um, I was just going to say, for anyone listening who wants to uh, actually see this video, uh, check it out yourself. Jump onto YouTube and type in uh, Mario RC uh, midair, and the video's there. So, another person on the will end up dragging on here, Mario Shimbri <laughs> from Victoria. He. Uh, he did the uh, the video at the time filming us both, and he ended up getting the whole thing all on video. And yeah, so he's certainly something to check on out. Yeah, we'll put that in the show notes as well. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty pretty cool to watch. Before before yep. and after, yeah. <laughs> the maneuver to start with, <laughs> just to get into that position. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, uh, it's certainly an eye opener, but I think uh, I think we need to finish uh, the uh, the events up with uh, the uh, the most recent event that all three of us ended up at. Yeah, well, what can we to say about that? That was a it was the Tin Can Bay Cup, and uh, what a weekend we had! Dodsey, who was uh, still sandbagging in sportsman. <laughs> No, we, we had him having a heart attack on the Friday because we're telling him that he was moving up to advance. He already had his promo. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, rightio. Yeah, he was sweating. The big fella was sweating. sweating. I was trying to download and actually I had to get Macklin to show me where to download the bloody spaghetti diagram for the advance schedule. Uh, 
And then we had uh, we had the big fella in oh, well. uh, we got the old master's we class slowly, now, F three A P and F, and I was just there as your cheer squad, living in Dodsy's shadow. But I was disappointed though, Tyson. Well, disappointed Dan, and I'm sure Tyson would agree. There was no miniskirt. If you're there, the support crew, you've got to have the miniskirt. Like, I'm disappointed. I tr- I tried to order one, but it just didn't Wax come in time. So it was just going to be a man in yeah, a G-Bank. And a tank top. <laughs> yeah. And there's a sight we don't want to see. But the, uh, <laughs> the comp itself was, um, for, for us three probably personally, was really good. So for those who don't know, Tyson's son, Mac, is representing Australia in F3A. And um, this is the lead into the world. So he... He started the weekend on a brand new plane. He's now got a Galactica, got rid of the BJ, and um, he done really well. That to me, if we're going to talk about a highlight, that was one of them. That was probably my number two highlight for the weekend. See this twelve-year-old with not even two flights on this model come out and do the routines he was. He, he came second in some rounds in the F three A class. What was just sensational. Yeah, uh, six months out of the world, I don't think he could be in a better place. No, I agree with you there, Dan. I think uh, Mac Mac has the um, he has the drive, having only made the decision literally thirteen months ago to go for the team, and um, to see how he has progressed so far. And, and as you said, on the weekend to to grab a model that um that we literally test flew on the Friday, did one flight on it and roll straight into a contest. I, I don't know anyone else that can really do that, but, you know, that is obviously people that are of a high level and a, skill, a, a high skill level when it comes to adapting to models, sure can do it. But that's not something that the average person can do, to be able to just grab a model, learn to adapt, and go from there. So... And... and- for people out there who say that model don't make a difference, I watched this kid fly the BJ Craft and then hop off that and it was scratchy and then hop on the Galactic and it was a different kid. It, it was yep. If you weren't knowing who it was flying, you would have said it was a different person. Um, it was just... Words escaped me on how good it was. It was so impressive and um, he done really, really well. But also in that competition, there's uh, there we use the old Coolum rules, and you get the Institute Sport of Cup prize and uh, and big trophy, and it's the winner for each class. And if there's more than three or four people per class, then the second person gets in. And uh, Mac actually made it as the wild card for F3A, so um, you know Dodsy made it because he'd been sandbagging and just smashed everyone in sportsman. Bones made it for best being Bones. Bones. And then Mac made it. And, and then, yeah, and it's like, oh. And then, yeah, literally Mac cleaned us all up. Oh, it was sensational. He whooped them both. So, so. It, yeah, so the competition was all about, obviously, yeah, I think it was your first three flights for average, and we ended up doing six flights each. Correct. Um, and then whoever, and then you do your, this, obviously the winner would go into a fly-off and then a wild card. But whoever had the greatest improvement um, from averaging of the three to that last one is who ended up taking out the, the Tinkian Bay Institute of Sport Cup. Um, and, yeah, just, again, to reiterate, Mac's skills um, uh, are brilliant. And, and I think that, um, you know, I look forward to what's to come. The... Yeah, it's very, pretty, pretty exciting. I mean, I'm obviously very proud but um you know a wise bloke who we both know when i was in the us a couple of years ago or 2015 i, I went top gun with him and he said something to me that now just hammers home so so clearly was that you know when doesn't matter whether you're flying scale f3a or whatever when you've got a caller that call is the most important part of your entire flight um and you know, second to that is the aircraft. And I look back on on where Max come, 
and the team he's got around him and, you know, you both call for him. And that's that's just so super important. I think, you know, we've both only been playing F3A for the last 12 months. But, um, yeah, having the right caller is, is just paramount, not only for for being technically minded to call the manoeuvres for you, but also being able to have the emotional aptitude to be able to, to click with you and, and, and pick up what you need to help you get through the sequence. Because I tell you what, some of those spaghetti diagrams are, are pretty pretty intense. Um, you know, I, I sit back and watch watch what you guys are flying and it's it's insane, you know. you got Macklin flying manoeuvres that, that I've never flown and I probably, probably will never fly. Um, but you work as a team and I think that's what what the general general Joe out there that just goes and flies on a weekend sort of doesn't realise that at that that level the caller and the aircraft and, and the pilot all have to work in sync, otherwise it doesn't you don't come out the other end with a with a decent score. Yeah, you're you're hundred percent right there, Tyson. The 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 dynamics of what you have as a pilot, you know, also come back so much with your caller. Um for me, the last, uh, I'm very fortunate enough, last 12 months, I've been and done several other events, uh, such as the Tucson Aerobatic Shootout, and then we also had AF3A Masters last year, and um, I'm very fortunate enough that my beautiful beautiful fiancé uh, is my caller, and, and she's very, very good at it. It's not just for the sake of, you know, oh, it's a girl out there calling, but um, so many people um, who have heard Brie call is um they're, they're blown away by how detailed um and knowledgeable that she actually is when it comes to these sequences because in in some of these sequences some of the most complex mind-boggling things that you have to perform are, are so out there that you as a pilot and you might be a very competent intelligent pilot and can fly anything it's that memory of, of knowing what you've got to do and to be able to process through it. And not just that, on top of that, also to be able to um, to point out little things that you as a pilot don't realise because as a pilot you get tunnel vision. You get so focused on the plane that you don't actually notice what's going on around you. So I'll be there flying and Brie will say, you're drifting out a little bit or you're drifting in, you're losing a bit of height here and there. So they're, they're picking that up. So you're 100% right, Tyson. That that dynamic of having the right caller to the pilot and having that right relationship is um, is imperative in any form of um, competition that are, you know, whether it be scale, pylon, uh, aerobatics, it is, um, it, it is very important. You heard it here first, Dan. If, and, and just if we want, want to tell Bones where to go, we need to wear a skirt. <laughs> <laughs> you better show you up there, mate. You're oh, a pretty hairy right. fella. Sorry. But um, j- just on that, it, you're so right. Like Steve Johnson from the weekend, who, who was second reserve for Australia and now made the New Zealand team, I'll double dip. He, um, I was calling for him and he flew the top hat you know, he's done his quarter rolls up, his half roll across the top, quarter rolls down, and he just switched off. And he just pushed out and there's no radius on, on the last part of the manoeuvre. And I'm going, oh, what, what did you do there? And he just gone, the manoeuvre was over for him. And he didn't realise he was doing it until he got pointed out. And it's that relationship with the caller who sees things that they don't because of the tunnel vision. That's correct. You know, it's like Tyson when um, we tell him to put in right rudder and we have to say a little bit because he gets top tunnel vision and he gives it, you know, maximum throw. Oh, well, he just literally gives it left, left rudder, points it out across box and let's leave the chat. Well, I just want to make yeah. sure that you bitches know that I actually did put in the rudder. Oh, we fucking <laughs> So... Just for everyone, so I was oh, calling for Tyson, go. right? Tyson, and this 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 rudder was on the top hat, and um, when it came time for the competition, it was top hat. This is how it went. You know, you're all good, just leave it alone. And then next thing, he's planes exited the chat again, 
I mean, what, what you did you cross do? Box. You, you had to touch it, didn't you? And he, so it's just, he just fucked it all up. And then the next one, this is how the maneuver went. Right, I do your half roll. Don't touch it. 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 Right, I pull you down on half roll. But he done a one and a half spins and then starts arguing with this guy. And you said one and a half. It's one and a half spins. Mate, it was two spins. He got two legs, two spins. <laughs> yeah. So then I had to call it with two legs. Well, you know, you just got to keep me, keep me in, in my concentration zone. You know. Oh, that did have us laughing. The sequence pretty, pretty tough. <laughs> I zone out after the six six minute over. I'm glad you were laughing about it. <laughs> uh, eyes yeah. are watery from laughing for bloody trying to squint and look at my model. <clears throat> yeah, he done a loop and had to ask for clearance from NASA to come back in. Uh, I think one of the judges asked if it had ice and I went and landed. Oh, well, that's a good yeah. to get my, my money, value for money with the airspace. I'm surprised you had enough batteries by the end of the flight. Rightio, let's move on to, to something else now. I'm starting to feel the weight of the pressure on the shoulders. So that <laughs> so that, that was a great weekend. It really was, you know. Watching Bones, he came out and... Um, zero practice. Flew a pretty good F. Yeah, zero practice. Flew the F, flew it well things to work on but it was a bloody good baseline to just come out and fly an f and people who don't know this f sequence is um it's demanding it's demanding not only to uh fly but when you got to call it for him oh you start sweating yourself and he goes am i drifting in or out mate i'm still <laughs> reading the maneuver <laughs> but uh no nah, it was it was a great weekend good weather good people was really good. And the club's the club's awesome Indeed. up there too. We love the Tin Can Bay Club. We rock up and camp. You know, it's not not camping; it's camping. It's you know, full hot showers and toilets and kitchen and yeah, no, it's 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 a pretty good location. Yeah, but you guys came up over Christmas. What so was good? Oh, here we go. We're going to get Christmas stories now. Christmas was cracking actually. We we did Man. did a bit of error modelling. We did a bit of, a bit of boating. We did a bit more aeromodelling. Christmas, people talk about, you know, flying and everything and mental health and, and all that awareness nowadays. And and flying and having fun with your mates is what it's all about. And for me, that's what that was Christmas was all about. You know, like you guys came up a few days before Christmas. Um, there was just shits and giggles all, all weekend. Bones rolled up until he had to go to Namia. Um you know, and it, when we break it all down, you know, we'll start, we might as well start with Christmas Day. What a day that was. So, get a phone call from Bones, you know, Merry Christmas, all that kind of stuff. And then it's like, oh, hey, have you spoken to Ty yet? And I go, no, why is that? And he goes, oh, I just had a phone call from him. He's left his transmitter at home. Now, for anyone who doesn't know, the demographic for us three is I live on the basically the Fraser Coast, so about an hour past uh, Sunny Coast. Bones lives in Bris Vegas, and uh, Tyson lives on the Gold Coast. So you think when you'd be packing your shit, like buying plugs, you'd make sure <laughs> yeah, it's in the... In your bag. You'd have a checklist, <laughs> wouldn't you, Bones? Yeah, you would, you know. You, you, I actually said, you know, before you go away, you actually write a checklist, don't you, and cross-check everything. And Well, I, I just got left on red messaging on Facebook. So anyway, so anyway, I informed Dan of this because Tyson ran me up. We got the transmitters. Rah, rah, rah. I'm going to need you to calm down and pick up the transmitters and bring them up. Hey, yeah, sure. Not a drama. I can do that. And as some people know, I'm all up for a bit of a joke and a good bit of banter. So rang Dan. Said, Dan, you spoken to Tyson? No, no, not yet. I said, okay, here's the thing. He's forgot his transmitter. What I suggest we do is, you got an old transmitter? Yeah, 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 I've got an old transmitter. So Dan's gone and got the old transmitter, put it in the box, receiver, put it up, wrapped it in 
uh, Christmas paper. Dan, I'll let you continue from here. So I had to grab Bailey to come out with me because I needed someone to film this because I said to Aaron, I'd give him some video proof on this because he deserves to join in the laughter. So uh, I roll up. He's in the top shed. He, he's setting Mac up with his new playing. Mac about to go off and fly. And I'm going, hey, just before you go, boys, Ty, I've got you. We, me and Bones, we have a present for you. And he looks and he's like, oh, I didn't get anything for you boys. Don't worry about it, mate. Just unwrap and have a look. You can see him. He's quite emotional. He he was welling up. He was, this is amazing. You know, I love you boys. He opens it and opens the box. Tie change. Face full of dust. (laughs) (laughs) We we laughed. And there's a 36 meg transmitter in there. Buddy. Bloody 1990 dust in here. <laughs> yeah. But um, from there, you know, we, we had a great weekend. We Bones got us some little uh, F-14 fatty Tomcats. So we built them with the boys and then we went out and flew them. That went quite well, didn't it? So awesome. we did. And had you run it up and down the runway like a mad woman. That was gone. Yeah, he did. So Bones had gone to Namia at this stage. So I said, we'll film the takeoff and we'll send it to him. He'd love this. So I'm at the end of the runway with this thing and I'm running behind it filming and it just didn't take off. So Tyson goes, oh, maybe, maybe put it a bit further down. <laughs> There's me thinking, for fuck's sake, mate. Right, eh? So I've gone down there. I'm running again. And by this stage, I'm sweating buckets. Nearly nearly pulling out the defib. And then um, I just looked at him going, let's hand launch it. So uh, I gave him one of the, probably the, one of the best hand launches he would have ever had. Here we go. It was a beautiful hand launch, wasn't yeah, it? It wasn't too shabby. It wasn't too shabby. <laughs> So then uh, Todd goes to me, let's, uh, why don't you test fly your one? So I'm going, oh, yeah, right. He goes, I'll hand launch it for you. I didn't realise we are setting each other up on hand launches, but he hand launched this thing knife edge. Straight away, the pucker meters at a nine and a half. <laughs> <laughs> I save this thing, quickly trim it out, I'm flying around. Then next thing, the canopy comes off, goes through the prop. Bailey watches that, I come in land. And then uh, you flew your, the second one of yours. Yeah, Max. Yeah. Hand launched that, another pearl of a hand launch. <laughs> this is where you got me. He, <laughs> this hand launch, he hand launched it, but we're standing too close and I couldn't see through him because it wasn't, it was a shit hand launch. Awesome. And he's jumping around and I couldn't see. I'm telling, telling you which way to steer. I couldn't see shit. <laughs> so I just closed the throttle and uh, flared it. I've gone home. We've, we've said bye, end of the day, we've gone home. And um, standing in the kitchen, and then Jules walks in, my wife, and she goes, Oh, that's right. Start telling her about the domain. She goes, Oh, let, let me just guess. You broke the fatty because your thumbs aren't quick enough. <laughs> I'm looking at it going, how do you know, how do you know that got broken? I'm genuinely confused. And then she goes, oh, I ran into Tyson at the shops and he told me all about it. <laughs> I'm like, he didn't tell you this shit, no, did he? Got to get him first. But, uh, and then, then the two families, we, we went out to um, a place just off Harvey Bay called Pelican Banks, which um, if you don't know, it is basically a little little sand island with a bit of grass, and it is magnificent in the yeah, time. It's pretty magic. I, um, I have to admit, it was nice to go from being out in the field to to finding a bit of sand out in the middle of the water. And, yeah, sitting back and let the kids mm. go and run rampant in the water. It was good. 
bit of a rough ride on the way back. So we've done that, and then... <laughs> so it was about a metre swell <laughs> with, with a couple of seconds in between. It was, uh, it was a white-knuckle ride there and back. But uh, then, then what else? Oh, before Bones went away, just the, I think it was the day you ride up, Tyson's out. He's got Max iMac model. He's doing these four-point rolls. Like he's the coolest kid in the car park. I'm like, oh, you know, check that out. That was grouse. Ten minutes later, Bones rolls up, pulls out his 50cc freestyle model, and he, it blew me away. I thought I'd seen it all. Did the moonwalk and he, he done this maneuver he pretty much yeah with an airplane it was full throttle low to the ground inverted up on 45 does some kind of weird shit, and then next thing the plane's up the right way and floating backwards at a mm. fair pace and if anyone has seen the reel that it goes you think you're the coolest kid in the car park then this bloke <laughs> shows up so it was it was good to see to see Bones just torturing this freestyle plane and uh, pushing the boundaries. It, it was really impressive. Well, uh, that was all okay until uh, second last day and I'm up there and I'm doing all this reverse, trying to fly the thing backwards and I was okay in this, this poor plane. I put about 15, 20 flights on it. And I'm up there and I've done one of my little manoeuvres and then next year, minute, the engine stopped. I think, oh, that's all right. I put fuel in, batteries are charged. Anyway, I've come into land, prop spinning over at a million miles an hour, and I'm like, yeah, this doesn't seem good. The time I got to the thing, uh, couldn't turn over the engine. I literally, I could move a little bit. Anyway, oops, broke that. Took it out. I only last week, just on the way up to Tinker Bay, I dropped it into um, the DA, and they were able to have a look at it. And I think how we said that it was like one of the rings. I'd snapped a ring or something in it. And he's like, yep, you can see it right there. There's your problem. So anyway, uh, he'll be, I'll probably pick that up in the next couple of weeks. Uh, Howie and the guys over at DA, gotta, gotta give it to them. Those guys are brilliant when it customer, comes to uh, customer service and looking after the, uh, the engines and so many of their products that they do. Yeah, they are. They are bloody good. We're lucky to have people like that. Indeed. So, apart from breaking that, did did any other plane get broken first? You think it? Not mine, but we do have a, a have junior it. who decided to play Tarzan. Oh, I was just thinking about a DLG glider as well. Oh yeah, that one there. Yeah, that that comes back to Tyson's launching technique, doesn't it? No, I've been 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 at the gym for the last eight months. That's all it is, and it's just subpar building standard. Yeah, right. So I've finally got a good deal going after a while. Start doing a few launches. Yeah, getting into the groove of it. This is cool. And Tyson's like, let me launch. I can launch it. Right, whatever. There you go. So he's launched this thing, Mac 3. First go. Well, Rudder decided to leave the chat group as the thing's launched, you know, into the stratosphere. So, uh... Anyway, it actually flew. It awesome. flew quite well without a fin. <laughs> it flew better with it. <laughs> it was. It was like the rudder was hanging off like a, a tail on a clot on a kite. Yeah. Uh, you still got a couple of circuits in. At least the flop. Exactly. The flop wasn't wasted. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was good. That was, I suppose, the trip that was in Tinkin. Yeah. So what's coming up, Dan? What, it was, what, uh, it what, was... what events and what exciting shit and aeromodelling is, is happening in Australia over the next couple of months? Oh. Next couple of months is some pretty big things where the three of us are off to Brossa for the Australian Masters slash World Cup, and that will be, that'll be an epic adventure. Um hopefully see bones win it again um and and hopefully see mac keep on this great progression moving forward with the galactica and his flying and then um 
but you know the, the big one is is you you know your, your current masters champion of sportsman going into uh into advanced now but that that would be a big that'll be a great one for us boys you know i think it's what four days away the four of us or three of us actually um singing a few cans having a bit of a laugh that's for sure indeed and then on the other the other side of that we've queensland's got their first scale comp coming up in april looking forward to that just trying to get that one um yeah uh, tin galper were fantastic about coming on board and letting us use use their uh, facility they've been really good yeah so just trying to get some stuff in the background all together and uh it's come along well, well. I think straight after that, there's there's another road trip coming up, isn't there? Oh yeah, we're we're going away to Gibraltar after the Masters, yeah, aren't we? Hot air balloon flying. Yeah, yeah, that that'll be good. I'm going in the bus. The bus. So, <laughs> one one of the guys, what well, little Pete that people may know may or not know. Pete, Pete, He's the president the of the Australian Dwarfs Society. So he kept messaging me going, Danny, you're coming, Danny, you're coming. And I kept saying, I've got to talk to Jules, got to talk to Jules. And he then said, I'll message her for you. <laughs> yeah, righto. <laughs> Good luck. Let's see, let's see how you go. This guy could have been a writer. <laughs> The way he wrote it and he's gone, Jules, if you can do this and find it in your heart to let Dan go, it'll let him recharge his batteries and come back and be a better husband to you and the kids. Jesus. He's waffled on for a, it was a good paragraph. And all she, all he got back is, rightio, you can have him. Oh. <laughs> uh. That's a classic. Oh well. But um, so we, we've got that coming up, um, and then so what we do have coming up in next episode is we're going to get on. You heard a guy before called Steve Johnson, who's a Kiwi who we've actually nicknamed in Queensland Double Dip or Honey Butter. So um, he tried out for the Australian team and then went to New Zealand to do the New Zealand team. So we're going to get him on and um, have his review on the New Zealand, Australia, uh, the Australia, uh, sorry, the New Zealand um, championships. So the New Zealand championships, a lot like the Australian ones used to be where you'd have control line, F3A, IMAX, scale, classic pattern all these events all in one and so he went to that and he loved it so we get to hear a review on that event that'll be good so yeah hmm. well i guess that's the the sort of the focus of what um what we're trying to do too isn't it dan just get um get a couple of special guests on um throughout the the year of podcasts and um across across different areas and you know we might even um be able to hoodwink a couple of couple of overseas visitors to call guests to come on and, and have a chat um, just to talk everything. Yeah, that, that'd be good. Yeah. yeah, for sure. So it's about hearing about the event, but also the fun times, like we said before, the stuff that happens behind the scenes you don't hear of, but you see and everything like that. Um, yeah, that'd be really good. So it'd be, it'd be good to get a guest on. Hopefully one episode. So our plan moving forward is to put this out every two weeks. So that will uh, that should work well. Might even get uh, get some of the yeah. listeners to chuck some topics our way as well. You know we we all fly different disciplines, so it, um, could be a bit, could be a bit of fun and and a lot of a lot of different topics. Hundred percent. You do have a lot of people over the years who have um, who have good yarns about funny things that have happened in the flying field, or taking the piss out of Tyson. Well, it's all good. Yeah, Damn, we'll join in on that one. and then we'll just start taking the piss out of him. 
Yeah, we'll just wait till Bones drops out. I've got the list lined up here for when he does. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll make sure I'm hosting so I'll take everyone out. But, um, no, so if, if anyone has any stories from the flying fields and a bit of a yarn, just send it on through and we'll uh, read them out. Giddy up. That's, uh, that's pretty much it that's going forward in, in our plan. Looking forward to it. Well, thanks, uh, thanks, yeah. thanks, lads. Good catch up again tonight. Yeah, of course. It's been uh, it's been good. I think it's uh, yeah, it's um, certainly something different. You know, we all, there's a lot of different podcasts out there when it comes to error modelling, and I think this one here we just more of a sort of casual approach. And yeah, as as Dan said, let's just talk about the stuff that goes on behind the scenes and. Oh, look, I'm sure we'll end up coming across the odd topic where we've got to play a little bit on the serious card because um, in the end we are three devoted era modelers and you know, we are, we're very fortunate. Dan obviously being uh, you second or third generation era modeler. Uh, third. So you're third, I'm third, Tyson's second with a third, you've got a fourth generation with Bailey, Dan, so um, yeah, we're just three guys that live and breathe there and modeling. And that's it. And when you say live and breathe it, it's not just us, it's our families, you know. Like, as Bone said earlier, his fiance's all across it as well and enjoys it. And you've got Tyson with Jordana, who's who loves it and breathes it as well. And same with me with Julie, you know. Our wives married into it. Because it's, it's what we do. It's what we've grown up as um, adults doing. So we're, we're fortunate that way as well. That's for sure. Yeah. Good up. Happy days. Well, gentlemen, thank you. Thank you for the first podcast. And to our listeners, hopefully it wasn't too bad. And we'll um, obviously we'll get better as we go. But um, thank you, everyone, for uh, the first episode. Thank you very much, guys. See you all again soon. See you at a club or an event or just being funny. <laughs> Safe flying, everyone. See you guys. Have fun. Bye, guys. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Aussie Style RC Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show and had a chance to crack open a cold one and share some great yarns with the boys. Keep on tinkering with those RC planes and join us again next time for more exciting RC adventures.